You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Now the quiz question just before the break. Uh, name the five players who kept wicket for Australia between Rod Marsh and Ian Healy. A few guesses coming through. I won't read them out just yet. Suffice to say that neither have all five at this stage. Name the five players who kept wicket for Australia between Rod Marsh and Ian Healy. 0457 736 736. Well, it was an exciting affair at Allianz Stadium last night to kick off round one of the Super Rugby season. 25,000 fans witnessed the Brumbies notch their ninth straight win. Over the Waratahs, 31 points to 25 in the end. Eddie Jones was in attendance, and I'm sure he saw plenty he would have liked. Now, Christy Dora is a rugby writer for The Raw. You hear him a lot on this network. He enjoyed it too, I'm sure. He was at the game, and he's on the line right now. G'day, Christy. Hey, great to join you after, uh, yeah, an enjoyable, entertaining affair on Friday night. Uh, just sort of looking at it more broadly from a fan perspective and a fan engagement perspective, it's probably the type of match they needed, didn't they? Uh, featuring the, the New South Wales-based team, the biggest market against the most successful franchise in the Brumbies. Uh, six tries in the end, but importantly, in a ball in play and some exciting football. Yeah, there was plenty of ball in play, um, great tries, particularly from the Brumbies, but we saw a whiz kid. And and that that whiz kid is is Max Jorgensen. He's the son of Peter Jorgensen, who played for the Wallabies and very quickly went across to the other code rugby league and made a name there. But we saw an 18 year old who'd had a, a fair bit of expectation coming into this game really deliver, and he just looked so composed, and mature, hardly put a foot wrong. Um, and and on the other side of the the coin from the oh, Brumbies, Corey another, too. Yeah, another kid, Corey Tool. Yeah, 22, and he's made his name on the rugby sevens circuit over the last year and a half. Was pivotal in in Australia, winning the World Series last year, and and he had an absolute flyer. Scored a try, uh, set up another, um, and, and it's those sorts of things that can do a lot for the game. And and yeah, the Waratahs in Australia probably rugby probably would have hoped that New South Wales won, but more than anything, they wanted a good game, and we saw that last night. It was great, wasn't it, Max Jorgensen? A couple of tries. You know, he's hyped. His old man was hyped as a teenager as well. Uh, and we're starting to see this talent come through. And there's a real fearlessness about this next crop as well. And, you know, you think about, you know, Ben Donaldson and Tane Bed and some really good young players that have had a bit of Wallabies experience under Dave Rennie. And I think the future looks bright for the game in this country. The future looked bright two years ago. We saw a really talented crop of players in 2019 come through. Like and they, Patea they and these sorts the of guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, but they made the under-20s World Cup final, and that was the first time in a long, long time that the under-20 side, the junior Wallabies side, had done anything. Before that, they were hardly making it out of the pool stages. And if you see talent coming through, we saw it the same year the Australian schoolboys go across the ditch and beat the New Zealand schools for the first time in seven years. So... There was this group between the ages of 18 to 23 that are now starting to really show what they're made of. And, and it's about making sure all the, the pieces of jigsaw come together because if they do, the Wallabies are, are really one of the bolters for the World Cup. And you sound silly saying it, but there is a lot of talent there. It's about making sure that the headspace, the mental side of the game is, is good enough for them to close out matches. Because that's been a real struggle for Australian rugby for... Two decades, hasn't it? 
Yeah, it has. I suppose the other thing, and we bore witness to this on the spring tour under Rennie, was just finding the right combinations. You know, who's, you know, is, is it Nick White? Is it Jake Gordon? Is it Tate McDermott, for example, starting at scrum half? You know, who's the best fullback? And uh, still a lot of those, I guess, combinations to work out. But you figure all, you know, Eddie, who very much worked in and around the World Cup cycle, if he can't get it right, I don't know who can. Yeah, you're right. And and we saw the Waratahs last night. They probably looked a little bit more clunky than the Brumbies. And and you ask why? Well, the Brumbies rolled out a side. Stephen Larkham, I thought it was a smart strategical decision that he went with the combinations from the trial matches. Guys that had been training next to each other for, for four or five months, the Waratahs rushed back a couple of their stars and it just didn't quite click at times. But the injury to Angus Bell yeah, was, a really, was a catastrophic blow for them. And, and if he's out for any length of time... That'll be a real, real hard thing to come back from because not only is an absolute tank in the middle of the field, but he draws in defence. He's one of the best ball-running type five forwards in Australia. Looks like he might have re-aggravated that, that toe injury or foot injury that we didn't get much clarity about last year, but it kept him out for about five months of action most of the test season. So that's the real concern coming out of last night. But... Yeah, there was, we, we saw Spark from Tom Wright, who's the incumbent Wallabies fullback. He, he had a good game at fullback. Um, we saw the Brumbies um, front row really do a, a job on the Waratahs front row. And, and Dave Parecki struggled, who's the incumbent Wallabies hooker. Um, he's going to face a bit of pressure because when a guy like Tolu Lasu can't even make the 23, mm. then that's competition for spots. You know, it's interesting too, we're seeing some halves rotation. Deb Brissini, I think, started at fly half. Lola Seo, by his own admission, felt like he sort of strayed from his natural game. But they got options there. You know, Steve Larkham, no Seo, no Fainga, but they still look the best of the Aussie sides. Well, we're going to see the Reds tonight. And look, I actually think that they might be able to, to upset the Hurricanes who themselves have got a couple of injuries in the halves. They're going to go to Townsville this evening and that's a tough thing to do in the humidity of far north Queensland. But you're right, the Brumbies do look um, the, the most balanced side. when They've got a proven test combination in the halves, um, but they're packed. If you're going to beat New Zealand, you always have to get at least parity up front, and they're the side that have real depth in the second row particularly. But in the back row, you've got guys like Rob Valentini and Pete Samu. You've got James Flipper last night coming off the bench. You won't see that happen too much throughout the year, but... Mm. Uh, Alan Alalatoa, who's, who's been spoken about as a potential Wallaby captain under Eddie Jones, uh, it's got a lot of depth. It's exciting. And, and really, if the Brumbies can continue their dominance, then Eddie Jones won't go too far away from what Dave Rennie was criticised for doing, and that was having too many Brumbies in a side. But <laughs> World Cups are generally built around a team or a franchise that is particularly strong. And, and it's always a good start last night from the Brumbies. It was. You mentioned there the Queenslanders. You know, if they're going to jag one, surely it's in the, the sticky heat of North Queensland. Uh, it's quite the, uh, the the climactic adjustment uh, for this hurricane side. But Tate McDermott at half, all the talk about uh, Noddy's young son, Tom Liner, at 10. Have you seen much of him play? Is he a chip off the old man's block? What can you tell us about him? Well, it was about 13 months ago that Andrew Slack, the former Wallace captain, called me and said, Tate, did you see how good... Tom Liner's kicking game is. He was pinpoint right from the start. The kickoffs, his skills out of hand was great. We didn't see much of him last year because he was playing club rugby. And this was an 18-year-old at the time. He's now 19. He's very talented. He's got skills 
more skills than most Australian players that have been playing for five or six years. The concern about him is physically. Can he back up? Can he really, like, against the physical nature of New Zealand when you've got guys like Artie Sevilla coming out of the line looking to smash him, can the 19-year-old who hasn't played all that much rugby against men stand up to it? We're going to get a good indication tonight. And even if he doesn't necessarily succeed, I think it's a great selection by Brad Thorne because his ceiling is very, very high. Um, why not give him an opportunity, see how he's going. He's going to have guys like Hunter Bysami or a Wallaby outside him, Kate McDermott, the co-captain, but also a guy that likes to challenge the line, keep the defences either side of the rack guessing. I think it's a good option. And if he can take it, well, you never know. And, and the Reds really need a 10 to command this side around because in the absence of James O'Connor over the last couple of years when he's been injured, the Reds, Reds have fallen in a, in a massive heap. So it's a big challenge for him tonight. And Eddie Jones is going to be up there at town school watching. And I reckon he actually was pivotal in, in, in not his son, Tom Liner, getting across the line from the selection point of view. Okay. He saw him at Narrabri. Yeah. And he's, he would have seen, uh, he'd come through uh, the English pathways after you know eight years being in England. He would have had many conversations with Michael Liner. I, I, I can just see that there's an Eddie Jones selection here. Unfortunately, no Sully Bunavalu. And I know that Eddie is a big fan of him. He's a big fan of most rugby league players, let's be honest. But <laughs> Bunavalu is the sort of guy that can strike fear in an opposition because yeah. of how powerful and athletic he is. Let's hope we see him back next weekend. Well, I've got some quality players. Fraser McWright, I'm a big rap. Harry Wilson, of course. Tate, you mentioned, it would be my Wallaby starting nine, I have to say. Jordan Patay, you said it's going to be... Sorry, Hunter Basami, outside centre, playing outside Tom Liner and Jordan Patay there at fullback. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, just a couple of quick tips on the Six Nations, Christy. But before that, uh, the two other Aussie teams uh, later on tonight, the Force and the Rebels, how are you placing them? Well, I'm two from two tonight, so I'm excited uh, coming into this, these few matches. <laughs> but the, the Rebels, you know, they don't look like they've got all that much about them. They're missing a few test stars. They're missing a couple of guys like Matt Phillip and Rob Leota. They're Wallaby Fords um, who do a lot of the grunt work. But they've had a lot of time together, and they've had a good preseason. They've had a fly half there who now no longer has... Matt Tamula there or James O'Connor when he was up at Queensland and coming through as a teenager. He's, it's his side now. And I'm excited to watch how Carter Gordon goes because he's a bloke that has had wraps on him for five years. He's now 21, 22. He's been in and around Super Rugby program for a while. He's a guy to watch out for. Great boot, good out of hand, and he's probably the most physical 10 out of the lot in Australian rugby and has been for a long time. Um, I think the Rebels are going to pit the force because... Following the injury to Isaac Rotter, uh, they are very light um, for test quality players. I don't know if they've had a long enough time together to work in some of the systems that their new coach Simon Cron wants, but uh, this is a game neither side wants to lose because it's a long, long road back if they can't manage to take these sorts of wins with them. So I think the Rebels by maybe 10 points. Okay. We'll wait and see. And uh, Paramat on the text line it says, well done having a rugby segment, Jules. Hearing the tar starting to look good as me thinking I might start following them again, being a pretty dry run lately. Stick with them. There wasn't a lot of expectation on New South Wales last year. A bit more this year, Darren Colburn's second year. And he did ask me last week, can he touch upon the Six Nations? Uh, Italy, Ireland, Wales, England, that's going to be an absolutely massive game. And then France and Scotland. Just, just on Ireland's uh, deserved World Cup favourites, Christy? <laughs> 
Well, they haven't been past the quarterfinal of the World Cup, and it's a great, great shadow just hanging over them, isn't it? Um, can, can they handle the expectation this time? I think they can. Who would they prefer to face in a World Cup quarterfinal? Would they prefer to, to, to face a, a French side or a New Zealand side? Because that's what it's likely to be. Um, I think they would probably prefer to, to face the All Blacks, despite the fact that they've just um, beaten the French. I think France at home is going to be a really, really tough proposition. We're just it, Injuries could determine a lot of things. Are they the favourites? Or they've been the world number one side for a little while. So you can say that they deserve to be in the conversation. But the fact that they haven't been past the quarters, I don't know if they are. I think the Springboks are still the favourites. Um, and France will be right up there. But you can't rule out any of any of the top four or five sides in world rugby at the moment. Eddie Jones keeps talking about it. There's seven sides that can win the World Cup. We have never spoken about that in the history of yeah, the World Cup since yeah. 1907. Uh, there, there really is. And even Scotland, who are playing, n- not tonight, they'll be playing in the early hours of Monday morning Australian Eastern, but they're travelling to Paris to take on the French. Well, they're two from two at the moment, aren't they? Scotland. Two from two. Yeah. They're dreaming of it. Of their first ever Six Nations trophy. Uh, there's a lot of buzz in that side at the moment. And Finn Russell is probably the most exciting 10 in the world at the moment. So lots to look forward to this weekend. We'll see if uh, Borthwick can't pick up England after Eddie Jones's departure. Uh, comprehensive as always, Christy. Very generous with your time. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rugby. We'll speak soon. Good to join. Cheers. Thanks. Here's Christy Doran from The Raw. So check out The Raw is such an underrated website. You get really good, long, analytical pieces. Sometimes in some of the mainstream media, you don't get a chance to read that. But check out, because I spoke to Brett McKay last night from The Raw and Chrissy Doran again today with our rugby chat. So check it out, theraw.com.au. 0457 736 736. Shall we tidy up this quiz before the break, Mark? No. All right, we'll take a break right now.